At a recent funeral, a couple of people asked me why I mentioned purgatory in my homily. Now, please do not misunderstand these questioners, these post-funeral questioners were not angry, they were not combative, they were just curious and a little bit confused. You see, in their minds, their recently deceased friend was a good person, a caring person, a faith-filled person. Consequently, they thought that I should have focused my remarks exclusively on heaven. They really didn't see the need to mention purgatory, since from their perspective, their deceased friend couldn't possibly be anywhere other than in God's eternal kingdom. Now, there were several problems with their line of reasoning, not the least of which was it violated a command of Jesus Christ, the command not to judge. When we hear Jesus say, stop judging that you may not be judged, we usually interpret that to mean do not condemn. Do not condemn another person to hell in your mind or in your heart. And that's right. That's definitely a valid way to interpret our Lord's words. But it's also only half the story. Jesus is also warning us here not to judge others in the opposite way, by personally declaring them to be already in the kingdom of heaven. No, we should never condemn another person to hell, but neither should we presume that they're going to heaven immediately when they die, nor should we presume that our deceased relatives and friends have already passed through the pearly gates. The Church, under the guidance of the Holy Spirit, has the power to canonize people. We, as individuals, do not. We can speak of hope, and we should. We can speak of our hope that our deceased relatives and friends have already arrived. We can express a very confident hope that they have already made it to the kingdom of heaven. But we must never ever say, we know, because we don't. Unless, of course, they've been canonized, then we do know. And this is precisely why we pray for the dead. We pray for the dead because we realize that some people die in the state of grace, in other words, in friendship with God, but they're not quite ready to see God face to face. They don't have any mortal sins on their souls when they leave this life, but they may still have some venial sins that they need to be forgiven for. And they may still have some sinful attitudes that they need to get rid of or they may need to make reparation for some of their already forgiven sins. It says in the book of Revelation, chapter 21, nothing unclean will enter heaven. Nothing. Nothing. That means you're not ready for heaven, even if you have just one little unforgiven venial sin on your soul, or just a teeny tiny bit of anger in your heart 
or lust or greed or some other sinful attitude. In Hebrews chapter 12, we are told too, and here I quote, Strive for that holiness without which no one can see the Lord indicating that we need to attain a certain level of holiness before we can experience the beatific vision. Now basically that holiness needs to be attained in this life, meaning we need to die in Christ in the state of grace, in friendship with God. But some of that holiness can be attained after death, which was what Jesus was getting at when he said in Matthew 12, 32, that some sins can be forgiven in the age to come. So even though, as many of our Protestant brothers and sisters like to tell us, the word purgatory is not found in the Bible, the truth about purgatory and about the need for a final purification after death is clearly present in the sacred scriptures. One of the most important passages in this regard is found in 1 Corinthians 3, where St. Paul talks about people who have lived mediocre Christian lives. He says, those people will be saved, yes, but only after passing through fire. And that's the term he, used, he uses. Hence, one of the ways purgatory is sometimes described is as a holy fire. It's not the destructive fire of hell. It's different. This is a fire that purifies and cleanses and makes a soul radiant with God's grace. The need for purgatory is illustrated beautifully, I think, by the apostles in today's gospel text from Matthew 9. It says there that when these men arrived with Jesus in Capernaum, our Lord asked them a question. He said, uh, what were you gentlemen arguing about on the way? He knew, of course, but he wanted to hear it from their mouths. And as the Bible says, they were fighting about who was the greatest, about who was numero uno among them. You can just imagine that conversation. Jesus likes me best, you all know that. I'm the beloved disciple. Well, I knew Jesus before you knew Jesus. Can you imagine? But I ask you, if these men had died, these apostles had died, of natural causes, as at that precise moment, would they have been ready to pass through the pearly gates of heaven? I don't think so. They clearly had some pride in their hearts and maybe a little arrogance, and a bit of self-centeredness as well. See, all of that would have needed to have been washed away before they could have entered the Lord's eternal kingdom. And so it is for many, perhaps most, souls after death. Which is precisely why I mention purgatory in every funeral homily I preach. Every priest should, every deacon should, every bishop should. I think some people react negatively when purgatory is mentioned because they think that purgatory is a bad thing and that the priest is implying something negative about their deceased relative or friend by making reference to it. But please hear me this morning, it's not a bad thing.
Purgatory is a great thing. Remember, people in purgatory are saved. Their salvation is secured. They're on their way to heaven, and there's no possibility whatsoever of them ever going to hell. They just need to be cleaned up a little bit before they meet the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And the good news is, we can help them. We can help them pass through this purification process more quickly by our prayers and our sacrifices, and especially by having Masses offered for the repose of their souls, since the Mass is the most powerful prayer of all because it's the prayer of Jesus Christ himself. Many of you in this church, I know, remember Monsignor Strzok, who helped out here at St. Pius during his retirement years. He passed away back in 1997. I knew Monsignor Jack Strzok very well, and I will tell you, he was one of the holiest people I have ever met in my life. But you know what he always used to say? He used to say, when I die, all I want is to get through the back door of purgatory. He said that, first of all, because he was holy and humble, but also because he knew if he got through that back door, he was eventually getting out the front door and into the kingdom of heaven. Let me conclude my homily this morning by reading to you a small part of the Church's official teaching about purgatory, which is found in the Catechism of the Catholic Church beginning in paragraph 1030. This echoes much of what I've just said to you in this homily. There we are told, all who die in God's grace and friendship, but still imperfectly purified, are indeed assured of their eternal salvation. But after death, they undergo purification so as to achieve the holiness necessary to enter the joy of heaven. The Church gives the name purgatory to this final purification of the elect, which is entirely different from the punishment of the damned. The tradition of the Church, by reference to certain texts of Scripture, speaks of a cleansing fire. This teaching is also based on the practice of prayer for the dead, already mentioned in sacred scripture in the Old Testament second book of Maccabees. From the beginning, the church has honored the memory of the dead and offered prayers in suffrage for them, above all the Eucharistic sacrifice, so that, thus purified, they may attain the beatific vision of God. The church also commends almsgiving, indulgences, and works of penance undertaken on behalf of the dead. So, if I mention purgatory at the funeral mass of one of your relatives or friends sometime in the near or distant future, please, please, please do not be confused and certainly do not be offended. Remember, saying that they might be in purgatory is just another way of saying that they're on their way to heaven. But do remember to pray for them. Because believe me, if our loved ones are indeed in purgatory, that's what they want from us most. Not words of praise, but rather prayers and sacrifices and masses for their souls so that they can get 
to that front door of purgatory more quickly. But Father Ray, what if my relative or friend is already in heaven? Well, then the prayers you offer will go to help another needy soul. No prayer for the dead, my brothers and sisters, is ever wasted.